Hey man, I need some music to listen to. You need some music to listen to? Yeah, I need something new. Oh, uh, raggedy shit that I listen to. What 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 style do you want? What style? Anything, do you need? bro. Anything. I just new need something Portugal fresh. Portugal the Man EP's fire. Who? Portugal the Man. You've definitely heard their music before. You probably just don't know who they are, but they're. Man, uh, you talking about that pop group to be in like Gap? Um, maybe one of their songs is in the Gap, but I wouldn't consider them like a pop group by any means. They're more of like a indie hipster band from Portland, but they're fire. Now I'm regretting even asking you that damn comment. Let's start the show, boy. What the hell is wrong with you, man? <laughs> Good music. Don't be a hater. You are a hater. What up, what up, what up? Jason Spells in New York City. Brandon Adler coming to us today from Reseda, California. Uh, what's happening, my man? Not much. I actually just got done uh, listening to a new podcast that I come across called Iconic Records. Albums that redefine a generation. The first episode is 40 minutes of the key players talking about Notorious Thugs. Amazing Biggie song. Great. It's I mean it's it, the production value could be a lot better. Um, but you're talking about is Bone and Biggie, Biggie, is yeah, Bone and Big. Yeah, yeah. I, I enjoy the production value of that song. What's the name? No, of the not the production value of the song. I'm talking about production value of the, the like podcast. It's a video podcast, oh, but, it, but like yeah. They didn't put like a whole lot of production into it. I felt like they could do a little bit more, but nonetheless, it's solid. Angie Martinez is hosting it. They had Fat Joe on there, Lazy Bone, Little C's, some really good key players in there. Um, Forty minutes felt a little bit long. I thought they could have did it in about twenty, but nonetheless, That's hours is short. Yep. Nonetheless, it's solid, and I think they did a handful of songs off of Life After Death. So I'm gonna continue to check it out. So maybe you ain't got nothing musically to listen to, but you should check that podcast out. You know, I want them to do which everyone wants them to do, but no one will ever get done. Anything from Equimina, but that involves getting Big Boy Andre and getting Andre to sit down and talk about it. Yeah, I don't have they really like you know come together since the solo album. I don't think it's beef. I just think they're just kind of like just living their own lives. I yeah, genuinely don't right. think they don't like each other. I think they're just kind of like, I'm doing me, you know? Well, they did the festival thing in like 2012 or whatever year that was. So obviously it's not like, to your point, I don't think there's animosity. But yeah, I think Andre, I'm sorry, I think, yeah, Andre 3000 kind of just decided at one point he had had enough. I can see that. I can, because I mean, that's a lot you ask of all this, right? Like, this is before the streaming era, before the internet. I mean, I'm pretty sure if that happened now, you can kind of take your laptop, go on the road, and still be able to work together and put together music. But back then, it was a lot. All right, we got to get in the studio. Okay, we got to write. We got to find something that works for both of us. Creative mm-hmm. differences get involved. Then we got to get it out. Then we got to promote it. That was that was difficult. So I, I can see that. Um, yeah. We're we tapping in. What day is it? Oh, 13th of June. We're tapping in because we're wrapping up the NBA season. Uh, you gonna give Novak Novak Djokovic? Wow, yeah, he won French Open over the weekend. But you gonna give Nikola Jokic just props or what, man? Yeah, I mean, first player in NBA history to finish first in points, rebounds, and assists, going through like the finals all the way. Um, well, I mean, I've never said he's not a good player. It's just he's really easy to make fun of. Like, I'm not the first person to have that epiphany of like, look at this chubby white dude with no athletic ability be the best basketball player but it is what it is yeah he he's you know you and I talked about it offline like the arguments for him being one of the top big men of all time they're valid you know I think I said this before on the show I'm like the impact of the foreign player is not the guard it's the center 
Nikola Jokic, Joel Embiid, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Victor Wimbayama, number one overall pick soon to come. Euros are taking over the big man spot. They, they said, look, you can shoot three, Steph. We'll give you that. We'll give you Splash Brothers. We'll give you Kyrie, James Harden. We're going to revolutionize the game at the most dominant position, a position that was undervalued and overlooked when the NBA went to kind of the guard-heavy era. Um, and the NBA swung super perimeter, right? And then yeah. when they came back in, the big men, well, those three, soon before specifically, they came back in with a vengeance. And I think you see a correlation from like what Dirk Nowitzki did with that seven footer who could play his skill set to what we're seeing now. Yeah, I mean, it, it's still a wingman's game. It's a perimeter game. Like you don't have a shot. How the hell are you gonna say that it? when a reigning MVP, a seven foot Cameroonian dude? And the NBA Finals MVP, a 6'10 Serbian dude. Are you gonna say it's a ring game? Come on now. If I could finish my statement, maybe Never. it would make sense. Never. To you, but you gotta be a rude motherfucker. So here we go. <laughs> um, no, all I was gonna say is it's still a perimeter man game. Like you need your roster to be filled out with guys like that, like Denver having Brown, Porter Jr., Gordon. Like without those guys, what Joker and Murray's doing probably isn't as impactful. It's the reason that the Phoenix Suns didn't have nearly the kind of run they wanted to. But, you know, not to digress, you're absolutely right. I think what's happening now is teams are having to, you know, quote unquote staff to guard those people, to guard the mm-hmm. Jokers, to guard the Embiid's. No longer can you have a BAM and consider him your five. That's not going to fly anymore, which is ironic because you think what Denver, they had Minnesota in the first round, right? And they basically had two centers and those two centers couldn't even slow Joker down. So, you know, I don't know what you do. Like this team is set up. For success, I think they have a few concerns with their roster salary-wise over the next coming years, but you basically have Murray, Joker, and Porter Jr. locked in for at least a little while. I think Murray is up for an extension this summer, but I'm going to guess he's going to wait until next summer unless he's worried about you know having another big injury, but his value is going to be a lot higher if he goes through another season. Especially if he can play at that level we saw in the playoffs sustained for a season and he can get on the first, second, or third team all NBA, the escalator takes off, bro. He's about to get paid. Uh, you Which know, he did. 2020, I mean, I would say at that level before he got hurt in the bubble, like that was – Murray was having that kind of year. You know what? I, after what we've seen from Murray in the playoffs, I'm going to even – I'm not even going to say that that was bubble Murray. I'm just going to say that is the level Jamal Murray plays at when he's healthy. Mm-hmm. Like, given the fact he was able to come back this season and put together what he did, and it wasn't a like it wasn't an astronomical regular season, right? But what he was able to, to do in the playoffs, I'm like, no, that's Jamal Murray. What we've seen for the two years in between, not the real Jamal Murray. Well, this they, is what they were smart. Was. They eased him in. Like they never pushed him to crazy minutes. They gave him some nights off. Like he could have came back last year around March, April, they were smart, said, let's make sure he's 100% healthy because to your point, exactly what you said, when this guy's healthy, he's he's a top five point guard in the league. Yeah, no question about it because I look at the other legendary point guards we usually put up there, they're falling off. Like they're losing mm-hmm. steps. It's not the same. Uh, you know, I I do want to put some respect on some of the other people on the the Nuggets team and how the way they built they, how they built the team. Christian Braun, his name is Braun. We call him Braun. I don't know why, but Christian Brown. Um, to go get that kid where they got him at 21, seamlessly fit him in. Aaron Gordon, right? Like Aaron Gordon's just kind of a dunker. You tried to make him the main offense in Orlando, but that wasn't it. Yeah. But he's got his place in Denver. 
Damn it, KCP. Put some respect on Contavious Caldwell Pope. I don't care what Braun and them tried to do to him in L.A. KCP is a solid rotation team guy in the NBA. Absolutely love him. Gets to the basket, makes smart decisions with the ball. Like, KCP always seems to be a throwaway player, but now you see what he can do and what he did for the Lakers when they won the title in the bubble. Only – yeah, the only reason that he didn't stick with the Lakers is they just over, you know, basically doubled down on the we need nothing but three-point shooters, we got everything else. Like, KCP would have continued to be a great fit there. They definitely – I mean, between him and White Mamba, they, they slept on a couple of, you know, key players that could have did a lot more for them. The Russ move, I mean, we can talk about that until the end of time. That'll never make sense for me. Everything they gave up to get Russ, they would have been in a better position to keep what they had. Is Russ going to be like Melo? You know, towards the end of Melo's career, he kind of bounced around. Then he was out of the league for a little while. He may be. Um, I saw an interesting video today, though, that kind of gave me a, a different, I guess, respect for Russ. Is He's on pace and very likely to be the fourth athlete billionaire. Um serious? Yeah. His, I mean, just on the investment side, business side, like apparently he's really going deep into – Auto, automobile parts like he does have his dealerships he's got a marketing agency he's got a clothing brand which one of my boys jb actually just signed on to be one of their designers salute jb but yeah he's he's invested a lot of money into automobile parts which is i mean you and i know that's not going anywhere like people are going to continue to have their cars break down people are going to continue to get into car accidents it's going to be a fruitful business so he's on pace i think in the next few years to potentially hit a billion dollars so it seems like he's kind of more focused on that legacy moving forward you know, I had no clue he was diversified like that, specifically in the auto parts. Zero clue. Just learned that right now. You guys are welcome. You know what? Brandon Adler, I hate educating folks. Also got to talk about Jimmy Butler a little bit. Playoff Jimmy ain't real. We were texting this in the game last night. It's not a knock on him, but he didn't show up in the finals. No, you- he – I mean, he he's hurt. Like, he had ankle issues. It's not anything new. We're not going to completely excuse it, but – after hearing the stats, I never realized Jimmy's never averaged 20 shots in a season once in his career. He's a fourth-quarter player, but he's not going to just carry you on his back for game after game after game. I think people are overestimating the Tyler Hero being missing. Like, yes, he can spark some offense. He's a very solid player. But I'm all in on the go-get Damian Lillard by any means necessary. You put Dame and Jimmy together and then maybe get, like, one or two better front court defensive players, that's a that's a squad that I can get behind. I think Dame loyal to a soil, man. Even He's to a finally fight. been opening up, finally opening up. He seemed – look, if they're going to take Scoot with number three or whatever, he he wants out. He's no, you see the Pelicans clear. are trying to trade up. So the Pelicans – and I want the Hornets to do this. Because if Melo's going to love Melo, he's not the true Melo. If Melo Ball is going to be the guy you build your team around, get assets and sell him on the fact we got more assets and we're going to actually do something. They sitting there with the second overall pick. The New Orleans Pelicans got the 14th overall pick. Shams was reporting that the Pelicans want to get to number two because they want to take Scoot. So if you're the Hornets and you know the Pelicans are sitting on like, what, 75 first round picks between the Lakers and all but the that other teams. That's Dame wants to win now. What are they giving up? The Pelicans aren't going to give up Brandon Ingram and you know. No, other no, players I'm and... not. I'm not talking about the Portland. I'm talking about the Hornets here. The Hornets need to ship that second overall pick to New Orleans and take all them first round picks up off of them. That way, even if Melo go, we still got picks. 
But we talking about Dame right now. We're talking oh, about yeah. Portland's future. What are they going to do? No, damn about I'm talking been... about the Hornets. But yeah, you All right. right. <laughs> Nonetheless, Dame's flat out said that if they're going to take school or Brandon Miller, whoever, he wants out. He doesn't want to work on a rebuild. He wants them to trade that pick and get another legitimate player. If that's not going to happen, he's going to move. So if I'm Miami, I think like the whole like work round of it, what kind of tells whether they're going to try and make that move or not is – they have a optional pick to give to OKC, OKC in like 2027. And if they just lock it in right now, it makes three other first round picks available. So that's the thought is they may trade like one player and a couple of first round picks. But that to player got Portland. That's I mean, of that roster, who else are you gonna get rid of? I don't think I don't think anybody like Hero. I'll give it up Tyler Hero. They're not giving up Bam. Bro, you think Hero on three picks is enough for Dame Lillard? What if GM Portland, would accept that? If, if Portland, as loyal as he's been in Portland's in a rebuild mode, why not? And Hero, Hero. Hero, and, Hero and three first-round picks. Game doesn't want to be there. He's 33. What's he going to do? He's just going to age out there. He's not going to do you any good. If he's not willing to, you know, if he's going to pull an Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre kind of thing and not want to help out the youth, what's the point of having him there? Let him go. <laughs> let him let him be free. Why did you say I think like that's the least they could do. Teacher. He got to help out the youth. <laughs> It does. <laughs> so I just, it'll be interesting to see. We got nine days till the draft, so a lot's going to happen in the next week and a half. Yeah, it's going to come fast, bro. Like, this next week and a half, the deals, the moves, the speculation, set your notifications because the shit's about to drop. I um, I was excited about the NBA season. It didn't work out like I thought. I actually thought Brooklyn would be more competitive and figure it out. They couldn't. Um, I was shocked by the Phoenix deal. There were so many, and Luca was underwhelming. Luca's ever, like every year, Luca's, you know, a favorite to win MVP. I don't think he's ever going to win MVP right now. I'll say it on, his, okay. on the record. I, I don't think he's going to win. Apparently, I he's did. 20 pounds lighter right now. That's the word on the street. Well, he posted a picture uh, back in Slovenia training, and he looked thin, but I just, I don't see it. I don't see where his, his window is going to come. I don't know. I think Denver's, I'm not going to go on that whole, like, well, Denver's just shut up to win for years to come. They got two good players on the contract, it's 82 games. But we I'm know how it that. is. It's a lot of luck. It's a lot of luck and, and good time. It doesn't mean that they're not a talented team, but we also know the Lakers are going to rehaul this offseason. There's no ifs, ands, or buts, and absolutely have concerns about LeBron's age, AD being a beta male, but they're gonna they're gonna pull something off. Like there's no doubt in my mind. If whether that's CP3, which you know, again, now you're like looking at an average age of 57 on that team, which scares me a little bit. But the, people are gonna make moves. It's just way too early to even try and figure out who's gonna be next year's favorite. So what if we talk about Devin Booker this time next year as NBA champion? How that gonna make you feel? I don't. If KD gets another title or gets a title, yeah, another title. Sorry, Golden State. If KD gets another two, title. Yeah. I know. If he gets another title, I'm happy for him. I like KD. I, I, all the Twitter sensitivity aside, I think KD is one of the few players of his magnitude who you can tell just flat out fucking loves to ball. And you can't say that about a lot of superstars. Doesn't mean that a lot of them don't want to win, but there's a difference. Like you can tell this dude like basketball like is completely his identity. And I always respect Hoopers like that. No, I mean, he, he's I dedicated. don't respect Hoopers that bitch about being double teamed at Lifetime Fitness, but that, you know, we all know how I feel about that. Anyway. I keep setting you up on this Devin Booker. It's just funny. It's cool. <laughs> all right. So obviously, basketball's over with. Shout out to Devin Nuggets. And now we get to the fun part of the sports calendar where we don't have a damn thing to talk about. 
let's see. We're betting uh, on WNBA for the next two months. Oh, bro, I'm I'm literally pounding CFL overs. That will be my play. You ask what I'm betting on? Canadian Football League for the next month and a half. All right, let me know what to bet on because I don't know shit about the CFL. Hey, bro, just remember all them backup quarterbacks you saw in college, they playing in Canada right now. They you know, I don't watch college football. Back. See, you know, you already got the leg up on me. I don't even, couldn't even Are you going to change that, bro? Like, I mean, no. we got generational college talent in the college game. Are so boring. So boring. To be, to be a football fanatic and love the NFL much, the fact you, you mean, don't watch college football blows my mind. No, dude, I just start watching the four or five minute highlights they throw on YouTube two weeks before the draft. That's all I need to do. Thank you, Mel Kuyper, for doing all the work for me. <laughs> Yo, you never cease to amazing, Brad. You crack me up. Uh, but <laughs> we are talking about NFL because Stefan Dix is in the news today. And this is the weirdest story I've ever seen. So basically, the dude showed up to work, didn't talk to his boss, decided he wasn't going to go to work, and then his boss went and told everybody, I'm concerned this dude ain't work. They ain't at work. So Stefan Diggs showed up. Today was mandatory minicamp. Showed up, walked in, dapped everybody up, turned around, walked smooth out. Head coach Sean McDermott told reporters, uh, I'm very concerned he's not here because he's under contract. We just did a long-term deal for him. We don't know why he ain't here. And then all of his teammates like ride for him. You know, it's not it's not football related, it's internal. I got like Josh Allen was saying, I gotta be better. I'm confused, Brandon. I don't know what the hell going on with this dude or this team right now. Um, Kind of what I gathered in the last hour that I caught wind of this is this was communicated that the head coach is the one who, not saying he's like trying to create beef here, but he spoke out of school today. Like he should have known this. This wasn't a surprise according to Diggs camp. But then also like now everybody's going down the rabbit hole of him yelling at Allen on the sidelines in the playoff game when they lost. Apparently, he's not happy with his involvement in the offense. He wants, like, Justin Jefferson kind of involvement, meaning I don't want just seven, eight targets a game. Like, I want plays dialed up specifically for me a lot more frequently. And it seems like maybe there's a little gap between what the coaching staff is wanting to do and how he feels about it. So, who knows? I mean, this is part of the reason Minnesota let him go. Like, we know how it is. A lot of people are on their best behavior until they get that check. He got that check. They owe him, I mean, they $22 million bonus this year, so they can't trade him. They can't come. There's nothing they can do with him. He has all the leverage in the world. I was just wondering those situations, right? How do you think this is going to work? Give me the damn ball. It's, like, well, no, I'm just June. going back to Keyshawn Johnson, right? Give me the damn ball. All right, we give you the ball. You don't make the catches or you don't produce. Well, then we stop giving you the ball and then you get angry. I'm a, I, I get when top receivers say, look, give me the ball. I'm your playmaker. I give you the best option. But I'm not going to get you the ball at the detriment of the entire offense, you know? But I don't – I mean, is it? Like, they, it's not like they really have a running game. It's not like they really have, like, a, a vital number two. I know they drafted a tight end hella early, which I was surprised after giving Knox, like, $45 million. So now you're stacked with two tight ends. Are they going to do more two tight end sets? They still don't really have a wide receiver, too, unless Hopkins ends up coming over there. Maybe that's partially why he's holding out. He wants a true number two so he doesn't get as much double coverage. We don't know. All we can do is speculate and enjoy the drama that is the soap opera of the NFL. I mean, minicamp, I mean, you got that. You got Saquon not going to minicamp. The NFL came back high. I respect Saquon, though. I do, too, and I get his situation. Look, I'm on the franchise tag. I am known to have leg injuries. 
I get it. You're not going to have me do anything strenuous in minicamp. But if I get a soft tissue injury, I'll go down a non-contact drill. That's going to impact my money. And we're trying to negotiate a long-term deal currently. So I'm not even mad at him for not showing up to minicamp. Me either. And the fact that he's not even trying to like be that guy of like, I want the highest running back contract of all. Like, no, he's being realistic. I think he's being a pragmatist. Like, he just wants what he's definitely owed for what he's done. And especially if you're going to give Daniel Jones what you gave Daniel Jones, like, you can't do that to Saquon. Because Daniel Jones really holds no value without Saquon. We've seen that. When has he ever been a good quarterback when Saquon isn't in there? No, I agree with you. Daniel Jones cannot compete without Saquon Barkley. Because everyone knows if Saquon's not back there, look, bro, we can blitz you. You ain't going nowhere. Right. Everyone says how quick he is. Like, when you talk to Giants people, they always talk about, like, look at his speed. He's one of the fastest quarterbacks. I'm like, come on now. Like, look, he might have some elusiveness, but I am not putting him up there with, with Lamar Jackson, Patrick no. Holmes, Deshaun Watson. Never. In the no. NFL right now, he's not even a top 10 scrambler. Like, maybe 10 years ago, he's a top five scrambler. But right now, he's pretty average. That's what I said. Uh, so that'd be fun talking about that. All right, so we also got to get to the fact because we're not going to hold people too long. You were talking reckless on my social media, bro. Yeah, you. I posted a Facts picture. Only. I went to this event. I was wearing a Derek Jeter <laughs> batting <laughs> practice jersey. Authentic. Shout the out Mitchell and Ness for the drop. Jersey. What? It, it wasn't a jersey. It was a Mitchell and Ness batting many, practice. How many, how, many, how many times have you told me men don't – because I love jerseys. So for everybody out there listening, about to be 40 in a month. Love me a jersey. I don't care how old I get. I'm 15 at heart. If there's a good throwback jersey I like, I'm gonna throw it on. Jason, I'll never wear another man's jersey. You're nope. Too old to be doing that. Nope, you don't listen. This proves my point. I said two things. If it's I kind of play a throwback, you can wear it. But the most important thing I ever said when it came to the jersey debate, you can never wear another man's name on your back. And if you but notice, everybody... Yankees don't put names on their jerseys. Yankee too, though. That's like the most iconic jersey maybe Number of two. all time in baseball. They're Jeter. Everybody Number knows two. who it is. Look, bro, you sound like you're mad because you ain't got the Derek Jeter batting practice jersey. That's what it sounds like to me. <laughs> sound like you look at your whole jersey collection, you realize you ain't got that dress like I Curvy enthusiasm, like I'm not capable of going on Mitchell and Ness and buying a jersey when I already have like 50 jerseys. No, they sold out. I got the one last who one. loves jerseys. I got the last one. I don't, I don't wear Yankees jerseys. I'm not cliche like that. You already know what baseball jersey I wear. Uh, Vlad Guerrero? Vladdy Jr. Okay, okay, shout that out. Um, all right, so let's go and get to the finesse of the week, courtesy of the people who are literally on our bodies and in our hands at all times of day. Apple. So Apple dropped their new. What what do they do? What's it called when they? It was a CES or whatever when they dropped their new stuff. WDS. Not, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. So they drop it and they come out with this Apple Vision Pro. It's breakthrough photorealistic mixed reality, a $3,500 headset. So I can sit at my computer. Basically, I saw a little video, right? Like you put your headset on and basically the world around you becomes like your computer screen. So you can be typing on your computer, but instead of like me sitting at a desk like I am now, I'm just looking at my wall and the TV's up. Oh, excuse me. I can see like the whole room and the computer screen's up on my wall. That's a finesse, bro. I don't give a damn what you say. $3,500 for that. That is a finesse and a half. All right. I'm going to go on devil's advocate side. Yes, it is. I, I completely agree with you. These are my thoughts real quick. Two sides of it. It shouldn't be $3,500. The fact that this thing only works for two hours unplugged. And in their copy, they even had the gall to put 
works 24 hours when plugged in no shit most electronics do work 24 hours when plugged in but anyways look it, it, it's a good concept where they're going with it they're not quite there yet they're still trying to figure it out and like most apple products the first generation is usually not where it needs to be i think by the time they get the generation three this is going to be something really impressive like your point of like looking at a computer yeah totally get it seems kind of stupid but when you have the capability of having three screens in front of you and being able to literally like take your hand and do things like move things around or using your eyesight to read stuff and move it around like it is it's going to be a lot more practical once it's done and like for you and i live in big cities los angeles and new york like we don't have 2500 square foot homes we don't have home offices with triple screens in it which can be helpful sometimes sometimes i'm working on a deck sometimes i have a google sheet open sometimes i want to have like my email music whatever it's nice to have all three screens open Plus, like the whole virtual reality, once you're doing meetings, like doing Zoom calls through there, kind of cool. Last thing I'll say, this is more on like the artistic side. Imagine like, you know, when you go see a movie like Mission Impossible or whatever, even though I'd never go see that movie, you want to go see it in theater. You want the pitch black experience. You want the color. You want like the visibility, like really right in front of you, taking up your whole aspect ratio of your vision. That's what this is going to do as well. So it's like, you could be going and virtually seeing museums and with it being right in front of you on your face like that, it is going to look really fly. You're going to have a little syrup some night when you come home from work, you're going to be a little busy and you're going to put this thing on and you're going to be like, this is fucking awesome. That's just the reality. They're just not there yet. So we can table this until like 2026, come back to the conversation. I do think the vision pro 17 or whatever version they'll be on will be pretty fire. Nah, That's man, the only thing this can be used for is education. I imagine me sending my son education like 2047 and, and him cheating like crazy on tests. Be like 2047. I'd be like, all right, son, how's college? Be like, man, I got straight A's. Did you study? Not a damn thing, Dad. I appreciate these Apple ProVision 87s you got. I just wore my glasses in there and thought, and it Googled up everything I needed for this answer. Like for cheating purposes and education, this is brilliant. I needed this look, in 2001. It's statute of limitations. Me and my friends used to just switch classes and go for each other kind of thing. Oh, you're good at math. You go to this one. I'll go to your science. But like people like this in Jurassic Park, life, it finds a way. <laughs> All right. So apparently Brandon took the basicest ways of cheating and his he had the your professors was just the analog version. This analog dumb. version of cheating. All right, y'all. It's 25 minutes in. We had a good time talking to y'all. Hopefully, y'all had a good time listening. Brandon, what should they do? Each one teach one if you can reach them. Yeah, hey, put your people on so they can put their people on. We're gonna see y'all back again next week. Enjoy this time with no basketball, no football, really. Uh, if you're into baseball, okay. But shit, just find something good to watch on TV. Let me see y'all back again next week. Peace.